Welcome to Season 2 of the Financial Fofu Podcast. I'm Trudy Cowan. And I'm Sarah Eiferman. Welcome to joining us, learning a bit more about overcoming your fear of financials. Yeah, the fear of fucking up. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, We've got a great season in store for you. And remember, if you'd like to get in touch with us, all you've got to do is click the link in Anchor and leave us a voice message or hit us up on our social media. That's right. We've got some fantastic topics in store for you this season. But as always, we welcome your feedback. And if there's anything in particular you'd love to hear from us, then shoot us a message. Let's get into it. Let's get straight into it. Cheers. Hello and welcome to another episode of Financial Fofu in Lockdown. Yay. I'm Trudy Cowan. I'm Sarah Ufferman. And today we're going to have another chat about one of the topics that's actually proven to be the most popular with you guys. Our most popular episode ever. Um, So our most popular episode was about saving money and more money. Yeah. So today we're going to have a chat again about saving money, but this time we're going to have a bit of a chat more on a business slant. Yeah. And so we've come up with six things that you can do to reduce your expenses in your business and to try and end up with more cash in your hand. Pocket, hand, fist, all all of the the above. above. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, the first thing um, that I think is something that's important to do and probably people don't necessarily do is to review your direct debits. Yeah. Um, We all have money coming out of our business account on a regular basis for various types of expenses um the one that's biggest for me is software yeah um and a lot of my software expenses come out on a monthly basis um and if you don't look at it over the course of a year it's very easy to not realize how much money you're actually spending on some of these products lots um so i find it really useful to stop and review these from time to time from a couple of perspectives One, am I paying for two different products that actually do the same thing or have some overlap? It's very similar. Yeah, Yeah. in what they do. In which case, do I need both? Um, Can I upgrade one of them, downgrade another um, and save some money in that way? Yeah. Um, So I find that really useful. Another thing, sometimes you find that you're not actually even using the product anymore (laughs) at all, but you're still paying for the subscription just because you've forgotten that it's even... You haven't cancelled it yet. ...coming out of your account. And I have been caught out um, on one of them. It was actually only come out once a year, but it was on a direct debit. (laughs) Didn't realise that we were coming up for it. And the money was taken out before I could even think about the fact of, hang on, I don't use that product anymore. Um, So it's really important to be aware of the products you have signed direct debits for um, and to be reviewing those expenses. The other one is with something like software or anything Mm. that you buy on a subscription basis Mm. is whether or not you're paying monthly or annually. Sometimes you take the monthly option to try it out and test it and see if you're going to use it, but then you just stay on the monthly. And it's usually 25% dearer to stay on the monthly option than if you buy it annually. So if you do have the cash flow available or you know that you're going to actually need this piece of equipment, software, whatever it is, maybe look at buying it annually to save cash when doing so. Yeah, and just a tip when you're doing that, don't convert them all to annual in the same month. (laughs) Otherwise, every year that month's going to be a little bit more expensive. Make sure you spread them out across the year so that you might pay for one in January, another in March, and so on. Now, Trudy, you were telling me that you have some clients that actually 
put their software basis and mm-hmm. in, in entry into their bookkeeping program individually so that they know exactly what they're spending on each product. Yeah, that's right. So you can actually um, adjust your accounting books, your settings, so that you might have one line for Adobe and another line for Office 365 and another line for Canva or whatever the products are that you're using. Mm. And that makes it really clear and easy to see how much am I spending each month and over the course of the year, how much am I spending on these subscriptions, but also just the total of who am I, who am I paying all these yeah. subscriptions to rather than going into one account and sort of reviewing a big lumpy number. Yeah. 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 So that's tip one. Tip two, get your tax done. Yes. Um, look, we're not that far into the new financial year and some of you that are really eager might have already had your tax done. Hi there. Um, but I'm sure, there <laughs> I'm sure there are many of you that haven't yet. Um, and look, the reason that this is a tip is because some of you will have tax refunds yeah. sitting there. You know, not all of you, so this tip isn't going to work for everyone, but some of you will have a tax refund sitting there in your tax return. So if you get it done now, you can get it lodged and get that money back into your pocket where you can be using it better in your business. It also allows you to plan for what potentially your instalments are going to be for the next financial year. And that's a really important point. So most businesses would be paying a quarterly tax instalment. um, And that's actually based on the last lodged tax return. Mm -hmm. So if you've had a really good year or even a really bad year, that is then reflected in your tax instalments for the following year. Um, But it only happens once you've lodged your tax return. Yeah. Okay, so if you haven't lodged it yet, your tax instalments are still going to be based on how you performed in 2020. Yeah, or the year before 2019. 2019, depending on how up to date you are. So it could be really out of date in terms of how much your instalments are. Especially if your income has dropped as a result of COVID, you may may actually not need to pay the the larger amount of tax or instalments that you're paying now because your taxable income will effectively be less. So there's an immediate return. Oh, exactly right. As soon as it comes Baz time, your Baz is going to be a little bit less because your installment's not higher. So um, there's two really good reasons to go and and get your tax organised. So this tip from me is not necessarily cash in hand saving tip, Mm. but it's more cash flow management saving tip Mm. that I actually personally pay my um, installments monthly I find that as a better way to manage. Um, I don't pay my BAS monthly, just my PAYG. Yep. Um, but that, that means that I don't have this huge bill at the end of each quarter and therefore I don't have the stress of where am I going to find that money to pay that as well. And look, I've actually had um, one of my clients put their GST on monthly as well yeah. just because for them it was a lot easier to pay a monthly smaller bill than to get to the end of the quarter and have this big massive yeah. amount of cash they had to pay. And if you get behind, you may only get behind one month, not yeah. three. Yeah. It's a big difference. So it's just about changing those behavioural habits again. We're always talking about them. Yeah. So if you do want to look at um, switching up your your reporting to the ATO to a monthly basis, have a chat to your accountant about what you can do um, and how that might improve just your ongoing cash flow. Absolutely. All right. Number three. Call in your debtors. So debtors are the people that owe you money. You're sent out an invoice. They haven't paid you yet. And I'm willing to bet there's lots of you that have got people out there that those invoices are now overdue, (laughs) right? So get on the phone, get on the email, send out reminders, start speaking to your clients and your customers and reminding them, you owe us money, it's overdue, or even it's close to being due, 
We need that money. Please pay us now. I would like to add to that before you get to that point where people owe you money, mm-hmm. set very strong boundaries in terms and conditions yes. with your invoices so that it doesn't happen in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you do need to chase and call in your debtors, you've got a whole framework in place that you can actually rely on and that other business or person knows this is how these guys mm-hmm. operate. And the other thing I would say with that, if you're finding that you're not getting anywhere in calling in your debtors, don't be afraid to use a debt collection service like Collectmore. Yeah. It's relatively cheap for you to use, but it ends up getting that cash in much faster than you would if you're on your own. It's better to get 90% of the cash in than none of it at all. Exactly. Um, In terms of the terms and conditions, there's actually two that I have in my own agreements with my clients. Um, And one is that I can charge you interest if you're more than 30 days late in paying me. And the other one is I can stop doing work for you. Yeah. If you're more than 30 days late. Um, so if you've got a client that's not paying you, why are you doing more work yeah, for them? Yeah, just building up your own liability. Yeah, they're getting a great benefit exactly. out of it. But you're <laughs> But you're not getting any cash flow, right? Yeah. So um, you need to be willing to stand up and, and say to your clients that, okay, well, you haven't paid me, so I can't actually afford to be providing you more services yeah. until you get up to date with your bills. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Number four, review your large expenses. Yeah, look, every business has some really large costs and, you know, depending on the nature of the business, they're going to vary. So a product business, it might be um, purchasing the goods in or the inputs into the products that you make. Yeah. Um, for me, it's insurance is one of my really big ones. Um, so review how much you're spending on these large expenses. Um, find out, can you renegotiate the amount? Um, For example, I use an insurance broker who checks every year whether I'm getting the most competitive rate um, for my insurance um, and is always reviewing and advising me that, yes, that's the best rate or we could probably get you a better rate if we switched you to a different provider. You can do the same thing with all your other inputs. Is there another supplier that can be supplying you the same good Mm -hmm. um, or the same material that you use in your business but at a better rate? Um, Or even it might just be on better terms. Yeah, exactly. You might just be able to switch from someone that requires payment on receipt to someone that gives you 14 or 30 days to pay. Even that's going to improve your cash flow and improve how much cash you've got in your pocket right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, One thing I wanted to point out with insurance premiums is that if you take the funding option from the insurance company, it's usually at 10 to 15% interest rate versus insurance premium funding that someone like a mortgage broker can offer you or an asset finance broker, which is at usually 5%. So you end up saving 10% of the cost, give or take, Hmm. um, on the deal. So if your insurance premiums and the cost of funding them is 50K, it's five grand. Yeah. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It's a lot of money back in your pocket. But just in terms of funding the premiums that's also another way to help spread the cost exactly and then you can make a monthly payment on them as well right so you get all of the renewals drawn say on the first of july your funding comes through and then you just make monthly you make 11 monthly repayments 10 monthly repayments sorry yeah um they do make it short to make sure that the policy is paid before the end of the term yeah um but that's that's a great way to fund it it's much cheaper it's affordable um, it's all about managing your cash flow, right? Which ultimately gives you more money. Yeah. So definitely look at the largest expenses on your books, um, and find out if there's a better way or another way, um, to reduce that cost for you. Now, number five, grants. Yep. 
Um, we would all be very familiar with grants at the moment. There are a lot of COVID grants um, floating around state, federal, council level. Um, but what's important to note is that grants aren't just a product of COVID. Um, grants have always existed yes. and they've always been available. Um, so don't just look at the COVID ones. Um, have a look beyond that and what else is available for you and your business to help fund some of your expenses or help to provide some support. Or where you're going with business, right? Yeah. You may have a new unique product that you're wanting to develop. There are research and development grants available. Yeah. There's lots of different things that are out there. Um, there's some export market grants that are around. Um, Victoria's got a digital adaption one just yes. to help you get start using yep. more digital um, products. I've seen grants targeted at women. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen them targeted at certain industries um, or certain types of innovation. Yeah. Um, so definitely do your research and see what's available. Um, and don't just look at the states. A lot of local councils offer some really yes. good support. Yeah. Um, and, they, you know, they might be smaller grants, but that might be all you need right now. Well, I have been doing a lot of work with our local council for businesses mm. in the area that have requested business planning where they would never normally have had the funds to pay for business planning. Yep. And the amount of growth they've actually had and the success they've generated by doing something and the clarity that they get has enabled them to increase their volume, their turnover. So yeah. isn't that what they're in business for? Exactly so right. So make sure you're, you're jumping on all those different websites to try and find what money is actually available to help support your business, not just COVID, but beyond that as well. Absolutely. Now, the last tip is review your P&L. Maybe it should have been tip five. Yeah. Oh, maybe through four. Well, maybe because, even number one. Yeah, because if you look at reviewing your large expenses, you mm. usually have to go to your P&L, which is your profit and loss. That's right. <laughs> so that you can actually see what your largest expenses are. And when I do a business audit with mm. client, that's the first place I usually go. Yeah. Because when we find out where you're spending your money and what you're spending it on, it tells us how you're running your business. Yeah. And those large expenses sit in your profit and loss statement. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out one of our previous episodes that <laughs> explains it all for you on what is a profit and loss and how to read one. Exactly right. So look, when you're reviewing your P&L, go through each category of your expenses and have a think about whether it makes sense that you're spending that kind of money on that particular line item. Um, I had a client recently that we went through the P&L and they were spending, I can't remember the number, but some ridiculous amount of money on taking the guys out for lunch or drinks Yep. and putting that through their books. But when you're in a tight cash flow situation, you can't afford to do that. You anymore. can't afford to do that. And it's not a necessary expense for your business. So it was a really logical place for that particular business to cut back. Yeah. And all of a sudden have more money to pay themselves some decent wages. Um, they also had a really large stationary bill, yeah. which for the type of business that they were, didn't make sense. Um, so They weren't in stationary? No, they weren't. Interesting. Uh, so having a look through your different categories can allow you to go, well, that doesn't make yeah. sense. Why am I spending um, $10,000 on stationary? I don't use much paper or printer ink. And so then you can dig further and one, check that they were actually all legitimate business expenses and have been put in the right category. Correct. But two, it then gives you a cause to cut back and go, okay, well, that's just something we can't spend money on right now. No new pens for anybody no. until all the old pens have, have run out. And I did actually work with an employer at one point that did do that. They basically told us all to go through our drawers and um, any – any pens that you're not using, stick them back in the stationery cupboard so somebody else can be using it. Wowee. Mm -hmm. But thrifty. <laughs> thrifty, right? 
But you don't need 10,000 pens in your drawer, do you? Right? No. And ultimately, if there is 10,000 pens in, in employees' drawers, that business is bleeding money in unnecessary places. Exactly right. Right? So the station, this is just a, an example, right? For you, it could be one of many other things. Categories. It might be that your car, your guys are getting into lots of car accidents, and so your repairs and maintenance on your cars are stupidly high, or even just your repairs and maintenance on your equipment yep. is too high. And maybe it makes more sense to go and buy a new fridge rather than constantly replacing the fridge. Yeah. Right. So it allows you to start to make some of these decisions that are gonna ultimately end up with more cash in your pocket. Yes. So from the top, we have. Review your direct debits. Go get your tax return done. Call in your debtors. Review those big expenses. The you know what's the largest thing that you're spending money on in your business. Check out what grants are available, not just COVID grants, but across Australia at all levels of government. Yep. And then review your profit and loss. And look, if you're still feeling a bit lost and cash is still a little bit tight, give your accountant a call. They will have lots of tips and tricks. And if they know your business well, they might already know where for you you need to go to try and save some money. And sometimes it does mean taking a haircut in certain places where you'd rather not. But it's Mm. a short-term temporary thing to keep you trading profitably so that you are trading solvently and meeting your obligations and able to pay your bills. Yeah. And ultimately, who wants to be in business if we're not making any money? Exactly. Hello. Mm. Well, that's all we have for today's episode of Financial Fofu. I'm Sarah Eifman. And I'm Trudy Cowan. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Financial Fofu. We really appreciate you tuning in and hope that you have subscribed to our channel. I just wanted to let you all know that the information and material in our podcast and any supplementary and associated information available is for general purposes only. It should not be taken as constituting professional advice from us, the podcast owners and our special guests. And we recommend that you seek independent, suitable advice that is specific for your unique circumstances. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you next week. Please, please, please send us, um, use our link and send us any requests or any feedback. We'd really appreciate it. Cheers.